Good afternoon, brothers and sisters in Christ. This afternoon, the scripture reading is taken from Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 to verse 17. Reading from Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to, Judah, to Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered, Let it be done now, let, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill the righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to dress on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Again, uh, congratulations to you on your spiritual birthday today. So you have two birthdays to celebrate. And also welcome uh, Mr. And, and Mrs. Uh, Chan. Warm welcome to you too. Today I entitle my uh, brief sharing as From Chance to Change. From Chance to Change. George, uh, Wash George Washington, give me a second. George Washington uh, Caver was born to a slave woman in 1864. He loved working with plants and wanted to help poor farmers. He told them to plant peanuts because peanuts help the soil stay together and in better condition. Then he realized that after they had planted all the peanuts that they, they could plant, they didn't know what to do with the peanuts, except to eat it, perhaps. But because they were poor, Craver wants to help them sell the peanuts so they could earn an income. And then he went about experimenting with all kinds of food that could be made from peanuts. And Craver actually found that he could make artificial milk from peanuts, cheese, butter, breakfast food, coffee, soap, flour, dye, insulating boards. And eventually, he discovered more than 300 things that could be made from peanuts. And we now are enjoying the fruits of his labor through all these years, in one form or another. I know some of us may be allergic to peanuts. But he did not leave it to chance, did he? He planned it well because he wants to change the destiny of the poor farmers and not to leave them to chance if they could make it or not. And the Bible tells us very often that each one of us should use the gift, whatever gift that God has given to us to serve each other in the body of Christ. Not by chance, but by purpose, by choice, 
to change ourselves as we use the gifts and as well as to contribute to the well-being of this body of Christ, which Ensa now is an integral member of this church. And this morning, this evening rather, I can see a lot of nuts in front of me. And God can certainly use you and every one of us in the most unexpected way, as he did with Caven, if we only let him do so. And especially today, we want to warmly welcome and send to the body of Christ as one important member of this family. And we're praying, should we not, continuous for him and for many others, that God will continue to use him and us for the betterment of his kingdom. And I have three very brief points to share with you this evening. First of all, it's about our friendship with God. Secondly, our friendship with humanity. And thirdly, our stewardship of creation. Firstly, our friendship with God. In our recent days, uh, some of you may have enjoyed your mooncake. How many of you enjoy the mooncakes or you don't? I do. I have a sweet tooth and I enjoy mooncakes a lot. And my family and I had received some very nice uh, decorated boxes of uh, mooncakes. And I always found it very difficult to open it because the boxes look so good. I'm always constantly afraid to actually damage it once I open it. So sometimes I wonder whether the price is in the mooncake or the price is in the boxes. I'm not quite sure. But anyway, it was usually very exquisitely decorated and very beautifully put together. And they are so nicely packed that I dare not open it in case I destroy or damage the box itself. And of course, my hunger gets the better of me. My sweet tooth got the better of me. And my craving got the better of me. I just break it up and then eat it. And uh, I enjoy it tremendously. But you see, it's only if I open those splendidly decorated boxes, those nicely wrapped gifts, could I get to the joy within the boxes. And baptism is a splendidly wrapped gift, shining in the church where all of us welcome him into the family this afternoon, and in the warmth of the parents and uh, the godparent love and care, and showing the promises they made with as well as for on behalf of Anson. But unless the child, Anson, is encouraged to go beyond the words and unwrap the gift that God has given him, it remains a nice feeling, nice to have him around, but beyond that, it will do him no good and bring him very little joy. And similarly, God initiates this relationship through baptism, has gifted you and me and everyone of us here with a gift through our baptism and His Spirit. So this relationship, this friendship with God is that He loves us. He loves you, He loves me, and has given each one for each other for the kingdom of God. And our Lord Jesus Christ Himself has demonstrated to us exactly what is meant by that. Matthew, that was read to us, describes his baptism as an act whereby God announces upon Jesus as his beloved son, and that God is well pleased with him, 
and with the Spirit of God represented by the dove at the very top, upon him, giving him the power to live a godly life. And this is exactly what happened to you today, Anson, through the symbolism of baptism, that even though we do not see it, the Holy Spirit has rested upon you and wanting you to know that He loves you very deeply, He gives you a gift of the Holy Spirit and to assure you of His love with you now and forever. And this is not a chance meeting because Jesus Himself demonstrated what it means to be baptized. And that becomes, if you like, the standard way by which we remember that God loves you and I and also for our brother. And baptism is also an important reminder for all of us who have already been baptized. In some other parishes, I know that at the beginning of the year, they actually have a baptismal remembrance where they actually call upon everyone in the church that were baptized years ago to come together and reaffirm their faith and their allegiance to God and to each other for the sake of His kingdom. And so it's not just a one-off, but it's a regular, if possible, annual reminder of the pledge that we have made before God and before each other that we live for His kingdom and for each other and with each other for the sake of His kingdom. So this cannot come by chance, can it? It came by choice. It came by a change, a permanent change that God has effect in the life of each one of us who have been baptized. Secondly, besides our friendship with God, we also have friendship with humanity. What you have received at baptism is a deposit that is meant to grow. It's a seed that is planted it's meant to germinate, to take root and to grow up as a tree, as a plant. Like what John chapter 15 says, unless you are part of the vine, you cannot actually grow because a branch on its own, once it's broken off from the main stem, it withers, it dies and it fades. And so we must always remain. And the church is that very stem, that very vine that we are, if you like, plugged in to receive the nourishment physically, spiritually, joyfully with one another, sharing and carrying each other loads so that we bear with each other burdens that we don't have to go in and through this life on our own without this friendship with one another. And God loves us too much for Him to leave us the way we were before we met the Lord. And in baptism, we are not making Christians. Rather, in baptism, we are opening our hearts to God, especially the Holy Spirit, to do what He wills in His life and in all of our lives in the years to come. And that happens in our friendship with one another. This parish of fellow Christians that you and I who are presented here, are his fellow companion. He's not meant to walk this Christian life on his own, by himself, and for himself. We are always to keep him as fellow companion in this Christian journey. 
And there'll be activities, programs, house groups, parties, and things like that for the purpose of developing and deepening our friendship. Together, we may cry together, we learn together, we pray together, we listen to each other respectfully and mutually even correcting each other for the sake of His kingdom. We cannot and we don't grow on our own by ourselves. We grow as a community in the presence of the parents, the godparents, are in a new relationship unlike your previous relationship where baptism is not yet happening, but it has happened and has now initiated you into the body of believers. And Jesus and John in the Matthew passage has this relationship. They were together, as this picture shows you. There was a bit of discussion about whether Jesus should be baptized or not, a bit of disagreement here and there. But the purpose of Jesus getting baptized is to identify himself alongside with us so that we do not walk alone. The Holy Spirit is actually known as someone walking alongside you, not some distant deity that is miles and miles away. Holy Spirit actually was described or is described in scriptures as walking alongside with us. So in that sense, we are to each other and with each other in this important relationship. And Jesus recognizes this very important lesson in Mark chapter 3, verse 33 and 35, where people were asking about Jesus. Oh, Jesus, your father, your mother, your brothers, your sisters are outside waiting for you. And Jesus recognized not only his biological mother and father and siblings, but he recognized another new dimension in Mark chapter 3, verse 33. He asked this very profound question, who are my mother and my brothers? And you'll be wondering, this person has just gone off his mind. Then he looked at those that were around him, seated very close to him. And then Jesus said, here, here, these who are near me physically, they are my brothers, they are my sisters, they are my mothers and they are my fathers. Why? Because whoever does God's will is my brother, my sister, and my mother. And that's how Jesus associates with you and with each one of us. He is our brother. Yes, he's our Lord, but Jesus recognizes the need for brotherhood the need for companionship. And of course, you'll be challenging, isn't it, to get to know so many people so immediately, so short a time. But I pray and I trust in the years to come, you'll deepen your relationship with some people and experience God in a deeper and more wonderful way. And finally, we are stewards of creation. There was once a young girl who did not have many friends, her peers were interested in makeups, in makeup, their iPhones, Snapchat, WhatsApp, and the latest gossip on Facebook. She preferred her own company, but how anxious she has become. Because to her, it seemed that the planet she lived on was heading towards catastrophe. She read about carbon emissions, biodiversity, about the oceans and the plastics that clog up waterways, 
She learned about pollution in the air and seas, and her heart sank as she watched the Amazon rainforest basing, blazing away thousands of square miles a day. And in August 2018, Greta Thangberg went on a sit-down strike from school outside the Swedish parliament, challenging their doubts of her world to reach the UN targets of the Paris Agreement. You know now that millions and millions of people have joined her movement. A wake-up call indeed for the natural environment, calling upon us, adults, all to be faithful with what does not belong to us. And we now more and more the impact of climate change as we speak. When God created the universe, we know from Genesis chapter 1 to 3, God delegated the task of managing the world resources into human hands. And for us to make this, we need to make small changes. It's a choice that we have to make, not by chance, but by choice. And you and I have to decide how does that impact you and I and what choices we need to make to make change become increasingly a possibility rather than an elusive dream. What would you and I do? And we have a generous and loving God who created the most beautiful world. That's why we travel, don't we? Where many thousands and millions of creatures live together in diverse, a fertile environment. And God commissioned you and I as fellow human beings to be stewards, to manage the earth and all its rich resources and bounty. And there's always enough for everyone. Things did not go to plan, of course. Things got so bad that one day, Greta Thangbert cried out and she said this, I quote, if we go on like this, I and my generation will have no future, close quote. And that statement will be true to you and I. The God who had created the world command you and I to respond. Yes, it's not a perfect world. We can't even respond perfectly. But it was still the right thing to do, as imperfect as we are. It's still the right thing to do to preserve the creation that God has given to us. The God who witnessed creation being destroyed now commanded you and I, the human race, if you like, through us to exercise wisdom, restrain, not out of fear, not out of greed, but in response to the reality of what this young girl saw. That surely cannot be by chance. It's only by change, by choice, would permanence be established. So in conclusion, we see that baptism is a change of life, one's orientation to life. We see that our friendship with God is an initiative that was divinely created. And your baptism and our baptism that we can remember 
signifies that change. That change itself doesn't stay alone, but it issues itself out to the way we live, the way we order our life. And from now on, your friendship is with fellow Christians and the wider world. And finally, to protect our creation with a changed lifestyle. And may God uh, help us.